Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Shank, and welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Brandon Shank Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. I greet you with my Valentine's sweater. You may be watching it after, but we're recording on Valentine's Day. Yeah. No one better than my main man, Corey, over here. What's up, corner. everybody? It's good to be here. Good to be here. Happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers out oh, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You got any special plans, man? Uh, we do our annual tradition. An- annual? Annual. Annual. Annual <laughs> tradition of uh, going to eat Chinese food with our, as a family. Oh, that was Christmas. No, no. Well, we do that now on Christmas Eve too. It's now a Christmas Eve tradition. It's a good tradition. My wife forgot to thaw a turkey out one Christmas Eve, and it made for the best tradition it did. ever. It's amazing. But Way to yeah, go, Lauren. We, well, gosh, we've been doing this now for. That's been a lot of years. For fifteen years. You know what's funny like about that? that? I remember we when we lived in Hagerstown. You used to tell me it was Valentine's Day. Like, yeah, we're going to this Chinese place in yeah. Hagerstown. Oh yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's been yeah, dude. China '88. In Williamsport? Mm. Hey, it's a free shout-out today. We're sponsored. <laughs> if you're in Williamsport, Maryland, go to China 8. It's delicious. It is good. So good. Chicken's crispy. Yeah. We hit up Ming's here at Virginia Beach. Okay. So it's also very, very good. Um, yeah, we do a... We do a family dinner. Like, I'll I'll smoke some meat today. We've got steaks that are going on. Yeah. Ryland, man, he likes chicken thighs. I'll barbecue some of them Ooh, up. Yeah, that's barbecue good. Them. I'll smoke those. And then, uh, yeah, we'll do like a big candlelight. You break out so much bubbly, the apple juice will sour <laughs> your stomach. Um, and we'll have a family dinner. We oh, always kind of do that on Valentine's for our boys. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Cool. yeah it's, it's cool when you do stuff as a family. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Valentine's Day, it's, it's like for us, it's about all of it. It's yeah. not just Casey and I, yep. you know. It ain't really like I got her some flowers that I made here, you know, little vase and flowers. Oh and, yeah, I forgot they yeah, do that. It, here. it was nice, man. I have to hit it up. Yeah. yeah well, it was, was yesterday. It? Oh, it was yesterday. <laughs> I missed it. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> me and me and VP got it. Though. Whatever. It was good. Yeah. Super Bowl recap. This is your special Super Bowl recap episode. Yeah. Man, I think it's safe to say Mahomes, in my opinion, will finish as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game of football. He will not slow down. I just don't think he will. Now, my predictions yeah. on this show have not always been the greatest. Like <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's in San Diego. We got Dan Quinn. Yeah. You know, Cliff Kingsbury is our offensive coordinator. I get it. But I think Mahomes, I don't know that he'll win seven, but I think he will go down. He's 28. I think if Andy Reid stays with him, he will go down as the greatest. It. I, I told BP this. I said when the 49ers did not score a touchdown, which, A, to start off with the new rules, why are you getting the ball first in, in overtime? That's just. I didn't understand that immediately. You get the ball back no matter what. Yeah, yeah. it's like, don't do that because you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, the players for the 49ers say they didn't know the overtime rules, so part of me wonders what they like. They said they had a plan for overtime, but a part of me wonders if the coaching staff knew the overtime How rules. How do you not know I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the best to do it, so yeah. I'm not throwing shade at him at all. I'm just saying, based on that, that call and then the players saying they didn't know the overtime rules for the 49ers, it makes me wonder if... If they do, if they, any of them do it, that's crazy. I hate how they change overtime rules for the playoffs. The yeah, NFL yeah. just keep it the right way, yeah, the exactly. same way. Like yeah. it shouldn't be that they, the coaches shouldn't have to worry about how overtime changes in the playoffs. It should be the same thing. That's an NFL issue. Yeah, I don't understand why the NFL has taken so long to make a good overtime. It's not that hard. They act like it's the hardest thing in the world to come up with a good rule to have good overtime. College football does it, and it works fine. Yeah, there's no kickoffs, there's no punts. Take it for the twenty-five. And you score or you don't, the next team does it. I don't understand why that the NFL has not adopted that. Yeah, kickoffs are... I don't get it. Why has the NFL not adopted no college point. overtime? You never get a tie. Yeah. You'll go into seven overtimes. That's fine. Take it from the 25. Play a real game. 
stop us. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why that's not a thing. Yeah. I just don't get it. It works. Yeah. I'm sure there's a million reasons why, but to the casual <laughs> sports fan like myself, it works, and I would have been great to watch. Yeah. It's a great overtime rule. So. Yeah. And I mean this with all the respect to Patrick Mahomes, but we, again, when they only kicked a field goal, I told my wife, the game's over. I, you're going to watch Mahomes do what he yeah, does. Yeah, they couldn't stop And him. there was nothing. It It brought back trauma for me watching <laughs> watching tom brady he did he did what tom brady did yeah. all the time the it's thing just is like here he comes the thing with patrick mahomes that i will say is like i'm not willing to label him the goat by any means i yeah, am just yeah. saying i think he could finish as the goat sure now yeah, that yeah. means he can't be injured yeah. tom brady wasn't injured a lot he had an acl mm-hmm. issue but he wasn't like continually injured there was a lot of things there that went in tom brady's favor he had a, you know he was with the same team he had yeah. you know all these types of things um i think that if Andy Reid stays, Mahomes stays, they yeah. stay together. I think they could he could be in that conversation. He's what, twenty eight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's won three Super Bowls, but like I'm not ready to label him that yet. I mean, you look at Tom Brady and I mean, these guys Tom's got what? How yeah. many? Seven, I think. Seven? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Shoo. So, um Super Bowl halftime show impressions. Little Usher. My wife. Little was John. All Alicia about Keys. It. Yeah. <laughs> it was all the uh the millennials had their it, heyday. On it made that. me realize how good the music of our time was. <laughs> See, no, but here's did, did this hit you? You know how like maybe it, I don't know, maybe, but it's there's these funny memes now about how people our age are now realizing like, oh goodness, the Super Bowl half halftime show is now targeted at me because yeah. I'm that old now. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask all you listening: Did you or did you not like the Super Bowl halftime show? Thumbs yeah. up, thumbs down. Give me your, give me a thought. Did you like it? If you did, why? If you didn't, why? I personally thought Usher brought it. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, he he, the man was on roller skates. He got Little John. <laughs> when true. Little John, to me, the highlight of that show is when Little John came on. And Luda, know? yeah. When that ha- when that hit, every one of us, yeah, every one of us went back to homecoming. Every one of us, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Every single one of us went right to the ATL, back to homecoming. We were we were in the middle of it, so I was like, "Man, I'm proud to be a millennial." At the end of that halftime show, yeah. I was like, "I'm proud." Now, not you know, I was just like, "This is this yeah. is this represented our high school days, right?" It showed up, it showed up. Hey, also got to give credit because Usher's what he's now like 47 or something. I can't, I don't know, he's something like that. 40, but, I think he's 44, oh, 45. He? Okay, well, my guess. Just, let's just say he's guess. no. Yeah. Uh, but like, wasn't I mean, he was clearly singing. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it wasn't a backing. The track. dude is in shape, man. Like if you can dance like that and sing like that, that's without, what I'm that was impressive. It's impressive. So props. Yeah, I give him props, man. Yeah, I is mean, it, and you know, he's a residency in Las Vegas, so it's, he's doing it all the time. Yes. Yeah. But the man is an artist. I mean, he's when you send me that talented, it's really impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, on, on Valentine's Day, we got to mention something that broke my heart. With Dre Greenlaw ran oh, out on the field towards Achilles. You know, the linebacker for the, the 49ers, yeah. I, I just was heartbroken for that. I mean, I was – and the fact that they knew that right away he just stood there and waited for the cart, I knew it was an ACL or an Achilles, something where he was unable to yeah. – and usually ACLs, you can even walk if you're going straight. You just can't do side to side. You can sometimes walk on those. Yeah. But when he had to get the cart, it was just devastating because I was saying, man, this it's, it was yeah. a non-contact injury. Just just excited just to get in the game. You're just like, I'm ready, yeah. I'm ready to go and pop. Hey, here's a question for you, though, when it comes to that. In his mind, now this might be stupid because you mean you have Super Bowl champ, sure. Better that that happened to you and your team lost, or that that happened to you and you <laughs> didn't get to play and your team won. Oh, hands down, hands down, Winning. it would have been better if the team won. Yeah, you get a Super yeah. Bowl ring. I mean, you you played, <laughs> sure, yeah. you got the team to the bowl. Would you be like, yeah, I, uh, That's true. we That's won the true. ring? I mean, it's like yeah. Odell Beckham the year that the Rams won it. 
he got hurt in the first quarter, and he was the best player on that field at the yeah, beginning of that Super Bowl. True, he yeah. was the best player on that field. I mean, Odell Beckham, in my opinion, had he not gotten hurt that game, he would have probably won the MVP of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's how good he was playing. Yeah, um, but he got hurt, and he got a ring still. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and for me, I'm like, what more? I think yeah, that was the year they won it. I'm like, what more do you want? Yeah, you know what I mean? True. Um, dumb question, but no, it isn't dumb. <laughs> Uh, it's just it's just one of those things ring. where you know you want a ring, yeah. So I don't know. He he came out of the ACL injury and went and won the Super Bowl. I mean, you might think, well, he's only there for part of the year or whatever. And but he had a he 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 came out hot in that Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think I would have rather win it because at least you're like, sure. man, I tore my ACL, but I got the ring. It was and yeah. nobody would have questioned his contribution to that team. I mean, he is no, the heart and soul yeah, of that yeah, defense. Yeah. I mean, one of the guys who's a heart and soul. Yeah. I mean, hands down, win the Super Bowl, get the ring. Yeah, it you was a, it, overall. When he got hurt, they were winning yeah. still. Yes. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Never know. Yeah. So you asked for it, <laughs> dude. I'm I'm so far away from. <laughs> I should probably right. stop trying to set you up. You do. It's all right. It works. I'm sure people enjoy. Don't blame me. Every week. You asked for it. <laughs> All right, so the world feels like a high school to me. I came to oh, this conclusion man. that we are just a giant high school. <laughs> That's all we are. It's like, yeah. Ugh. Kelsey and Swift for prom king and queen. <laughs> yeah, of I course. I mean, this the world just feels like a giant high school. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is what is, well, you, you get out of high school to be done with all of it. And then you get into the world, and with social media and the news and the amount of stuff in our face all the time, this is just a giant popularity contest. And everything yeah. we do. Yeah. I feel like we yeah. are a giant popularity contest uh but this has turned into something that i thought i was going to escape you know no one remembered the anonymous kid in school but he's the one who owns amazon or tesla or you know (laughs) the world yeah he's the one who is now the most famous because nobody talks about the anonymous kids there's always the popular kids (laughs) who you know who ended up doing something else but the anonymous kids are the ones balling um but this is my question if you could be known for something anything what would it be Mm. Goodness. Because this is what I think. The sheer volume of criticism on people. I remember years ago, LeBron James was being criticized for the stupidest things because he always is. Yeah. And I told my wife, I wouldn't want to be a professional basketball player, a billionaire with all that he has and be scrutinized. It just wouldn't be worth it to me because the amount of scrutiny comes under to be a producer and a basketball player. Like you have to be called to that. You have to love that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, to do it for anything other than what I do, I wouldn't want to do it. It's just not worth it. I'd rather not be a public figure if I wasn't being beaten up because of what I do. Yeah. As a pastor, sure. as you know, whatever. I don't I wouldn't want to do it for anything else. It's just not worth it. I'm telling you, it is so hard sometimes, even doing what I do and the s- small scale that we do it on compared to these guys and the amount of people that know them and influence. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine taking those punches for anything else and i think that's probably because you're called to it right yeah. just like he's called to it mm-hmm. so man my hat goes off to all these guys who just take it and they're like, well they're billionaires and i don't care they're they're taking so much scrutiny money means nothing they're still people though. they're people yeah. and like travis kelsey he yelled at andy Reid, and that's like all people can talk about <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know and then it was all about him and swift and now i mean they just anything you do in life People are waiting for you to fall so they can step on you when you're down. Yeah. Because if they can make themselves feel better by about by your fail failures, that's their goal. It's yeah. not people don't want to celebrate you. They want to make sure that you're not better than them. 
That's mm. the world, the way the world works. People yeah. can paint whatever picture you want. That's the reality. Yeah. But what do you think? If you, I, I, I mean, if you could be known for anything in the <sighs> world, dude. That I mean, that's such a heavy. That's such a heavy question. Oh, we came in hot. I, we yeah, came we in did. hot. Holy cow! I mean. I don't know, dude. Like, if I could be known for anything, like um, immediately your brain goes to things that like you're really good at. And you're like, man, if I could just like be, but like, is that? But you're, but I know you, and you're great at music, it? and I've known you for all the years. I've known you, music's been your passion. But you're like, yeah, I would love to like create an album and be great to win a Grammy. But you're thinking that's there's more to me than that. Yeah, that, right? but 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 there's also a level of me too of like I don't know, like I enjoy the process. Like I love, not even just enjoy. I love the process of writing and recording music. But the thought of like sometimes the thought of like these you know, you think of like a Taylor Swift and her schedule and like like stadium all, like that. You got to love it on a different level. You got to love That's, it on a different level. Yeah, that that to me is at that point you're performing, which again, I'm. This is not me taking a shot at anyone because I think you know it's awesome. I'm just, I'm not necessarily wired that way. I love the process of creating, and so like maybe to be a producer or something would be fun. But yeah, dude. I don't, but even thinking about that, you're like, is that something you you know at the end of your life or whatever you want to be known for? I don't know, dude. Like I just, that's such a heavy, deep. Yeah. Man, you got me in my feels today. I mean, I'm honestly, man, it's like even with us planting a church in Oakland, like it's where I grew up. And you know, I also grew up in DC. And um, you know, we have other churches, like we're launching there's probably other locations coming in the next yeah. year. So um I can tell you my heart has never been to pastor. Hmm. I've never had a desire to be known in the Christian world. I've yeah. never had a desire to um, be a conference speaker and tell people how to pastor or how to build churches. Yeah. Um, when I got called into ministry in seventh grade, Billy Graham was a famous evangelist that was worldwide. He was he's speaking into leaders of countries. You know, he was helping bring the U.S. and countries together. And actually, yeah. it was diplomacy and those things were a big part of what he did. And actually, as he got older, he said that one thing he regretted is he wished he would have done more you know, ministry stuff and less with the governments. Hmm. But, you know, he was used in such a big way. When I got called to ministry in seventh grade, I remember standing in my bedroom and God gave me a picture of looking out over like a million people preaching like as an evangelist. And I've always had the heart to be the liaison between the church and the world. Yeah. And so and when I die, if people say, man, he just made me feel like Jesus loved me. Yeah. That's what I would want. Yeah. I want a opportunity. I want, I pray that however God chooses to use my life, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for my own, and I don't know if pride's the right word because it's not a desire for me to be known, but I think I would love to know that everything I'm doing is making an eternal impact in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really never have cared how I used to, but I can tell you now, I really don't, it's not a focus on like how many people listen to Palms or come to Palms Church or even the podcast. Like I want it to go far. I want people to want it. I want it to add value to your life. So if you're listening, I hope this adds value to your life. I'm guessing yeah. it does if you're still listening. <laughs> um, and as it's grown, I think people have, as the podcast has grown and I mean, it's obviously adding value and like there's different platforms that this podcast does really well on, you know, like there's some platforms we do a lot better on. It's just certain generation we're hitting yeah. or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I think um, for me, I want to be known I want people to be like, wow, that dude, man, he made me feel like God saw me. 
Yeah. That's what that's I want. Good. Yeah. And so if I could be known for anything, I don't really care if it's I would love when I die to be in um where they do they put your body in uh that the the thing at the Capitol. Like they did that to Billy Graham. They oh, they had okay. that he put his body in the Capitol for people because he was like a yeah, national yeah. hero. Yeah, yeah. And he was a preach the gospel. So yeah. for me, if I could be that influential and people would say, he made me feel like God saw me. Like he helped me see that God sees me. Yeah. I want to have the kind of influence that when I die, the world will stop and say, man, I may not have believed what he said, but he made me feel something that I never felt before. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so yeah. I remember preaching when I first got out of Bible school. I, I didn't go to Bible school. I, got, I went to Evangel University, <laughs> had a degree in psychology and biblical studies. But when I first got out of school, I went on staff at a church and I preached a message and I said, I want people to, and this was whenever, this was like 2005. And so I graduated in 04, but in 2005, I preached this message and I was saying, when you Google my name, I want it, I want my name, when you put my name in Google, I want my name to come up and I want it to represent Jesus. Yeah. And people got upset about that. <laughs> yeah. There's people who said to me, like, it was arrogant, it was uh, self-centered. Gotcha. And I'm thinking, what do y'all want with your life? Like, yeah, I hope yeah, when people yeah. look up my name, they can't not associate it with Jesus yes. and love. Yeah. Because I, I don't want people to ever feel like their sin is going to take them away from God. It will. Yeah. Your sin will separate you from God. That's scripture. But the problem is we make people feel like their sin disqualifies them from God. Mm-hmm. Like you can't ever get to them now. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. And so I think when I, I want people to be able to type in my name for generations to come and be able to find something on how much Jesus loves them. Like, yeah, you got to make the decision. You can't, you can't, we're all sinners till the day we die. So yeah. there's never a point where you become righteous past being a sinner. It's not possible. Yeah. But there's absolutely a place where you, as a, you can have sin in that place of, listen, sin, it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not height, nor depth, angel or demon, fear today, worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Nothing. So God will love us even if we're sinners, right? Yeah. But the message for so long has been your sin separates you from the love of God. Mm. That's not true. Yeah. And I just hope when people look my name up long after I'm gone, they can find somebody who believed that, that preached that. Um, and that that's what I'm known for. I just hope people feel like, man, I just saw God in a different way when that dude crossed my path, you know? Yeah. So that's a long explanation, but that's there's not really a vocation I want to be known for or a mm-hmm. job. It's that... I mean, we're content creators. Pastors in 2024 are content creators. Yeah, people yeah. listen to you on the whim. I mean, the amount of people that listen to us after a Sunday or listen to the podcast, they binge watch us, right? Mm. Or binge listen. Yeah. Um, you're basically creating content. And it, hey, it, it, some, it's just a reality of it. Yeah. Um, and we're an online church with a physical location. Like we meet, but we our online is bigger than our in-person yeah. by a lot, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I want people to be able to, anytime they come across anything I do, be like, man, that dude adds value to my life. Like, yeah. he, I, I, he just makes me feel. Because the things I'm saying, I think, are probably just so diluted compared to what God really feels. Like, I don't know how to express it any greater. Yeah. God feels so much greater about everybody than what I can even say in my own mm. human words. So I know that's a long explanation for a short question, but that's really yeah. my heart, you know? No, it's good. I mean, I think, yeah, it's powerful. And I think, like, yeah, really, that's at the core of it. We could all attach certain successes or certain like you know i think the world wants you to have a platform this that and the other and so to me that makes sense when you're saying like yeah if people google search my name i want them to see jesus which a i google search your name they can you can already do that right now so just as a way of a cool reflection my name comes up on google search yeah yeah. all right your instagram is the very first thing that comes (laughs) up when you type in your name (laughs) 
There so, was a guy. There was a guy, there was a guy named Brandon Shanks that took that number one spot Brandon for a long Shunk. time. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's it's as awesome. an encouragement. I mean, you're you're living it. You're already doing it, and I think. Are you sure it's mine? <laughs> it's you. It's your face. Unless someone has a different account. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think even for me, I, I, it's just that I think mine would be more like I just. I don't know. I want people to know that, you know, they're cared for, they're loved, they're seen, they're valued, um, you know, through the lens of obviously faith in Christ. But yeah, I feel like that would be mine. Like even with my family, I think when you asked me that immediately, what jumped into my mind is I remember sitting at my grandfather's funeral. This was my mom's dad. And just, you know, there wasn't, like, a ton of people in the room. But when it came time, like, during the meal, like, after the funeral, it just was, like, an open mic. I mean, people after people after people stood up and got up in front of the microphone and the podium and just shared stories of how he impacted their life. And I, I mean, I'm talking to, like, like stories like he he paid for me to go to college and, like, you know, like all this stuff and like yeah sure it might have been like community college or whatever but it's like i had no clue about any of these things about my grandfather and i'm sitting there you know at, at the time i was in my early 20s almost just overwhelmed of like that's like that's what i want to happen in my like i want people like i didn't do it for a platform i didn't do it like i just you just cared for people now you know, my grandfather was, he was well off, you know, he like owned his own company and that kind of stuff. But like, he just gave of his resources to people, gave of his time. And I thought that impacted me so much. I'm like, that's cool. When people can sit at your funeral and say, this person cared so much about me. He didn't need to. I'm not family. I'm not blood. I'm not, I'm just somebody in his town. And he was willing to give of his time, his resources, his money to help me when I needed help. Um, that was really cool. And so that's what immediately came to my mind as I remember sitting at that funeral and being like, I had no clue about any of this stuff. To me, it was just my grandpa. Like he was just, I went to his house, he had a swimming pool, I swam in his pool. Like we slept, like it was just fun. Is everything is awesome, but no clue that he did all these things for his community, for the people around him. Um, it was cool. Just selfless love for people. So yeah. Yeah, I know sound might even sound cliche to some people who have been in the church for a long time, but I think it's cliche. I think it's because it's the answer a lot of us give, but I don't think it's the thing a lot of us do consistently. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I just don't think it's the reality of it. I think that's why, um, and taking to my next thing, is the the one thing I want to talk about for a quick minute is the commercials that a lot of you see, the He Gets Us commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one that sparked a lot of controversy during the Super Bowl. When I saw it, I was I was almost in tears. I was saying, this is beautiful. It was yeah. the commercial where there's a woman washing a young lady's feet outside of a family planning center. I guess it was like, you know, she was getting an abortion mm-hmm. or already had one. There was... Um, I think one was washing. Was it a police officer washing somebody's feet? Yeah, it was a bunch. And, then, and there was. was a bunch uh, of I yeah. think it was. There was one a priest watching washing somebody's feet, whether it was homosexual or transgender. Yeah. You got the point. Yeah. And I saw. Wow, what a beautiful picture of Jesus. Yeah. No matter who you are, I love you. I'm going to take care of you. Um, you're my child. Mm-hmm. And I was blindsided. <laughs> because I think there's so much hope for humanity in me. 
I was blindsided by people who call themselves Christians. And I am saying it just like that because yeah. I don't really care what they think. I'll tell you the one group of people that does not keep me up at night, people who call themselves Christians that are critical. They don't keep me up at night. Why? Because I just <laughs> yeah. care less. Yeah. I, 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 I love them because I know God loves them. He made them. But religious people who are judgmental. The Bible says the people inside the church are the ones you hold accountable, but mm. those people always hold the people outside the church accountable, yeah. the ones who aren't claiming anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hold them accountable, but they don't want to hold the people inside accountable, right? Yeah. And there's such a judgmental arrogance. And the things that I saw written about this commercial, mm. my thought is, do you know how many people were affected by that that felt loved? And then you try to take that away? Yeah, immediately, yeah. Like what a bunch... And I saw, I think... I saw pastors, some pastors jump on there and trying to get a platform about this doesn't represent me. And you might say, well, that's what you're doing. Well, this is my podcast. I'll do what I want. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not just jumping on a social media, just putting out a, yeah, yeah, a giant yeah. thing and trying to get people's response. Like, uh, I, I even saw one pastor wrote that Jesus doesn't wash the feet of sinners. And I'm thinking, are you, re, dude, you have no idea what scriptures, you obviously yeah. do not have the, the theological basis you think you have. Yeah. Because first of all, every disciple was a sinner. Yeah, and in yeah, John exactly. chapter 13, one of the disciples' feet that Watch his name was Judas, yeah, yeah. and Judas was the one who kept the money. Jesus had somebody on his team. Mm. So let me ask this pastor that. All you pastors, listen, I want to ask you this. Jesus had somebody on his team that was embezzling money. Yeah. And he didn't get rid of them. Yeah. Jesus's treasure was embezzling money from the ministry, and he did not get rid of them because of his love. And then he washed his feet. Yeah. And then he said, though that person who's dipping the bread in the bowl right now. And Judas got up and left after Jesus served him. And you're going to tell me that Jesus doesn't wash sinners' feet? Read your Bible. Yeah. Like, read, know the scripture. Yeah. Know what the Bible is actually saying. And it just, it frustrates me because there are so many people claiming to know Jesus that are preaching hate through the backward, uh, unassuming lack of theological knowledge. Read the whole Bible. One of the classes I took when I was finishing up my doctorate was the it was uh it was called understanding the whole bible and it sounds so basic but it was showing you how to put the old testament new testament together showing you god is the same mm-hmm. that jesus was the promise like it's the same story yeah. so don't tell me that that commercial wasn't a biblical concept because there's people why well jesus would never bow down to sinners <laughs> jesus did <laughs> yeah he did yeah he didn't bow down he knelt down to serve them. The problem is we don't have enough people that have calluses on their knees from seeking the heart of God, but we have calluses on our hands from smacking people in the face on yeah. behalf of God, and it is disgusting. And I am taking a stand because I am sick and tired of religious people throwing shade. I'm sick and tired of people who need Jesus having things taken from them because we feel like theologically we know what should be said. Mm. Nobody great was ever known for what they were against. They were known for what they were for. Jesus wasn't known for what he was against. He was known for what he was for. Jesus didn't like the Pharisees, but you know what we knew? He was for love. He was for acceptance. He came for the sinners. That's what the Bible tells us. Yeah. I, I don't understand how we miss this. And yeah, it might sound, this dude's passionate today. No, I am just... We don't realize that we're shoveling while it's snowing out because we keep doing this stupid crap, <laughs> saying <laughs> yeah. stupid crap. Why not celebrate it? But we want to be critical. So who made you God? Mm-hmm. But we have such a small-minded, evangelical thought that we just know, and it just makes me sick. 
Because there are people dying on the streets. There are people dying in your offices. There are people dying in your churches. And the only people that I can tell you that frustrate me to the place where... The only people that really frustrate me to that place is people that... Unrepentant people that claim to know Jesus, that blame the church for everything because they it's it's God it's 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 their fault. No, you're just unrepentant. You're hard. Or people that think that God's called them to lead the church and they're the fresh voice that nobody else has. It's no, just read the scriptures. Jesus would absolutely kneel down and wash the feet of sinners. He did. Yeah. Well, you went to the cross. I mean, you talk about the ultimate washing. It's not like more than just washing someone's feet. He washed the collective of everyone. Like he washed their sin. Like it's not, it's like that. We almost get so caught up in the details of, and I'm trying to say this the right way, but the details of theology that you miss the whole point of theology. It's not even like, like, because there's so much about like, well, Jesus didn't wash everybody's feet. He washed his disciples. You're missing the point. You've completely gone over the point of... The disciples, one of them included the man who would betray him and take him to the cross. Judas murdered Jesus. He washed the feet of his murderer. Yeah. It it doesn't make sense. But he was righteous? It says the devil was in that man. Yeah. But yeah. he was righteous? Yeah. No. Yeah. Jesus served until death. Come on, man. For everybody. I just don't understand how we get it mixed up. I will tell you this. I've had people, you you have no idea the amount of hate I've received because our church, uh, the way it looks. You have no idea the hate I received because I have a, we have merchandise. You have no idea the hate that we've received because I have a podcast. You have no idea the hate we received because uh, the way we do things. And you know what? Not one person, not one person in the history of ministry that I have done, not one person has been somebody outside the church that didn't know Jesus that's criticized me. It's always been Christians. <laughs> yeah. I have not had one person throw that kind of shade. Yeah. That's been, and now I'm sure they're out there, yeah. but the people that are critical are never the people. And you're saying, well, that's why I don't go to church. You don't stop shopping at Walmart because you had one bad order. You know, you order those groceries from Walmart and they keeps giving you substitutes you don't want. <laughs> and you still go back. Why? Because it's convenient. Yeah. You need the local church. And the local church is healthy. The bride of Christ is pure. So the Bible tells us yeah. you need the local church. Whether you want to jump online at Palms Online every Sunday at 930 or you can watch throughout the week, we want you in the community. You have no excuse for not having a church because they're online, they're in person. You have them all over. You need the local church, period. You can't do what God's called you to do in your life without the local church. That is a biblical concept. God created the bride. Jesus is bride. It is as important to Jesus as my wife is to me. The local church, you need it. I'm not throwing shade at the local church. I am throwing shade at people who claim to be Christians but are demonizing things that God's trying to use for good. God can use all things for good. I get that. But they try and they twist everything because they just know theologically there is such a religious arrogance. And in that, there is a extreme lack of knowledge that accompanies it. Yeah. 
Because the things that are being said, I am blown away. And I've heard the different sides. I've heard it. And it still makes no sense. Why? Because you're talking about people loving other people. But Jesus wouldn't kneel down like that. He did. Jesus, this shows that sinners are superior to Jesus and he stumbles himself to their authority. What Bible are you reading? Yeah. If that's what you think, you don't know near what you think you know. If you think that's what the commercial represented, I don't even, I'm not sitting here saying that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not for anything, or I'm not against anything. I'm just saying. I asked my son, my 13 year old. I said, "What does your friend say about the Super Bowl? Anything about the commercials?" He mentioned particularly that commercial. He said, "Yeah, they thought it was really cool mm-hmm. how they were just serving each other and caring for each other." So, in the simplicity, if somebody can see that, why do we think we have to be so deeply theological, and intelligent, and rip it apart because we know <laughs> yeah. what it actually means? And there's demons at Target. And how many yeah. of you? How many of you people <laughs> out there have? had that seri- that season where because Target was doing transgender bathrooms, you stopped going to Target. And let, you know what? Our Target's still here. <laughs> and I bet many yeah. of you have already gone back. Yeah. How many of you stopped going to Starbucks for a season because they were hiring LGBTQ people? But now you're going back, aren't you? Yeah. Do you see how fickle we are? Mm-hmm. Like, we need to grow up, man. Love people unconditionally. Yeah. Doesn't mean, well, I love the sinner, but I hate the sin. So I'm glad God didn't say that about you. Well, you Because what? what that does is it says... That he loves a part of you and not all yeah, of you. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the scripture. That's not the scripture. He loves all that you are. Yes. Even in your darkest days, he loves all of you. He doesn't love the darkness, but he loves you. Yeah. He doesn't love the, the hurt and the pain, but he loves you. It's not saying he doesn't love you. It doesn't love all of you. It's saying, that, yeah, those things are dark and dirty, but Jesus still loves all of you. Mm-hmm. That's a very different gospel. Yeah. You feel me? Absolutely. And I think <laughs> my heart goes out to you, even you mentioning that. To the people that might even hear that and be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I probably should stop going to Target again. It's like, no, you're missing. <laughs> you missed the point Yeah, again. because you made a real big impact the first time. And you know you're what? Missing, the presence of yeah. God is different in your house now that you stop going to Target. I'm sure yeah. that he honored that. Come on, man. But that's like, Give but again, it, it's the mindset of there's a level of me that can understand. It's like, look, money, I get it. Like where you place your money and stuff. I'm not. I'm not trying to start a bunch of controversy here, but at the same point, I would like too, to know the percentage of people who boycott target and Starbucks to give to their church faithfully. Mm, there's a good one. Let Let's me, I would like that. to start there. Let's start yeah. there. Let's, so you're going to yeah. boycott because, but you don't even give your 10% yeah. to your church. So let's start there because this is what I'm talking about. This is the religious religiosity. Yeah. Say, well, I give 12% and I boycott. And uh, so let me, let me see you have a conversation with somebody that's not like you, that doesn't go, that goes against your beliefs. Yeah. That's where the real test is. Yeah. Can you love them unconditionally? Cause the depth of the church and the, and the, and Christians is, we can love unconditionally past the place the world can love. Yeah. But if we're not showing that, well, here, Yeah. So here's like, I think here's where we, because let me ask you a question. Let me try and set it up. As Christians, there is a level of like, there, there are definitely scriptural moments where, you know, Jesus and the disciples, they, they stand up for, for scriptural faith-based things. But I think we've lost how we do that. Like, I think there's a, as Christians, how do we stand up for certain sets of morals? But in the process of standing up for those things, what, what is, what is that supposed to look like? And I think when you read scripture, there are moments where Jesus did those things, but he did them in a way that we've, do you understand what I'm saying? We've lost that that ability. If you look at scripture, the only time Jesus stood up was against the Pharisees. Yes. It was against the religious people that were trying to take away the love of the gospel 
by their yeah. rules. He never stood up against non-Christians and told them poured it down their throat. Yeah. And I guess I guess let me let me rephrase you know a little bit cuz you're right. But I think like even the moment where Jesus is standing in this place of, you know, I think of goodness. I mean, even when he is with let's say Pilate before he goes to the cross, he is stand he's standing up for on behalf of everybody. Like he's but he's also submissive in that moment. Like that's what I'm saying. We've almost lost this ability to say no, I'm standing on what I believe, but I'm I'm submissive to. Do you get what I, I'm yeah, trying? Well, I, I, hope, think I hopefully I'm making sense. Jesus here. never turned the tables over in the marketplace. He never boycotted the targets in the Starbucks. Jesus turned the tables over in the church. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. where Jesus flipped tables. Outside Why? Of the temple, yeah. Because those people were making a mockery of his dad, mm-hmm. of his father, of yeah. why he was there. Yeah. They were taking advantage of people. They would hike up the price of the sacrifices. They would hike up the prices of everything when people would come to, uh, you know, for the Passover and all these people come from uh, all, you know, these weeks journeys from all around to come to Jerusalem. They would hike up all the prices so they would make an amazing profit off of these things that people were supposed to do as a representation of, you know, their their sins and having God forgive them and putting the the sin on the goats and all of the things they would make an amazing amount of money. And it wasn't, they were, they were take they were scalping, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Jesus knew they lost the heart. That's why he flipped the tables because now they were making money off of God. Not, uh, they weren't even doing it with an honest wage. They were doing it to take advantage. And my point is, Jesus, the local church is healthy and vibrant. There are a lot of people, even the churches that aren't, that's what they're there for. We're hospitals for both the religiously sick and those who are just sick. If you avoid church because of religious people, I would say you're eating poison and expecting them to die. You need the local church. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I couldn't do what I do in my life without it. I love the local church. I didn't used to before I pastored, but I've fallen in love with it in such a deep way. And, you know, you may even hear tinges of it, and you might smell smoke on me uh, from coming out of the furnace of, like, I grew up in a very, very pharisaical time. A lot of us did in the 90s, and it was very much um, the biggest thing was, you know, come as you are. And we heard that. We're like, what? No shirt and ties? You know, it it shouldn't have ever been like that. But we've tried to control people with religion for a long time. Even back in the medieval times, they would, or even in England, they would chain the Bibles to the pulpit so people couldn't take them home. Mm. So they'd control them with scriptures. Um, so I would say this. Don't avoid, get to a church. You need it. You yeah. need it in your life. We all make mistakes. So I'm not throwing shade. I want to, uh, the pastors, people have no idea how hard it is to do what they do because the time is tough. It's a very different time. It's a post-COVID time. Um, and yeah, just like anything else, there's some out there that are screwy. And there's some out there that are great. You know, you got to use discernment, meaning like God speak to me where you want me to go. Yeah, uh, I'm sure people think that about me. I'm sure there's people listening right now or people that have stumbled on this. They're thinking this dude's lost his mind because I don't think like them. Everybody should be loved. If everybody was loved unconditionally, I think there are, let me rephrase it. If everybody's loved unconditionally, I guarantee you the world looks different. Oh yeah. If we're operating at our highest standard, you get out of this posh place that we tend to live. Mm-hmm. Um, let me give you a, a final thought. Here's my final thought. You will never 
and I alluded to this earlier, but you will never be loved for what you're against. You will be loved for yeah. what you're for. Yeah. You know, Mother Teresa, she wasn't against the rich. She was just for the poor. Martin Luther King Jr., he wasn't against whites. He was just for unity. Jesus, he, he wasn't against sinners. He came for them. And so many Christians aren't for Jesus. They're for the self-indulged, arrogant, and religious mountaintops to, to say this is what you have to do to live your life. I mean, when you drive by a church sign, it says, Jesus, know what you did yesterday. That doesn't help me feel like I'm loved. <laughs> yeah. Then advertise service times. We have a responsibility as men and women of God to be transformed by him in such a supernatural way that when we see people, we see how much he loves them. Mm. And maybe if we treated people like we would treat our own children if they're in a tough time, if you would throw down on your kids when they're in a tough time and you would preach scripture at them instead of loving them the way Jesus would, then there might be a reason that your kids don't want anything to do with Jesus. Yeah. Because they don't see him as loving. They see him as judgmental. They see him as an angry grandfather with a big stick ready to strike anybody who makes a mistake. And for some of us, there's a balance. You want to teach him those things. But what I would say is Jesus loves. And anytime I don't know what to do, I say, God, help me to love unconditionally. Love doesn't mean tolerate. Love doesn't mean give in. Love doesn't mean do what you want. Love means I will say the hard things and not feel any different about how you respond to it. Love means I will put my life on a line to make yours better. Love means I will not have and you go without because I want to make your life as good as it can be to see the love of Jesus in it. Love means there is no limit to what I am willing to do for you to help you when you're willing to help yourself. And we have a responsibility. It's a shame that there is a um, organization that's put... $14 $14 million into a Super Bowl ad and all those people can say is, well, you could have fed all these people or you could have reached 120 million people, over 200 million that watched it at different times with one ad. If all it took was $14 million for over 200 million people to see for a glimpse the love of God, the only people who didn't see it were the ones who were critical of it. But the ones who needed to see it understood it. Why? Because that's the modern day parable. Jesus spoke in ways that the religiously strict and pharisaical mindsets couldn't understand because he knew they wouldn't understand no matter how he said it. But he spoke in a way the world could understand. So for everybody who saw that he gets this commercial and felt loved or felt like that's the way it should be, listen, that's God's idea of the way it should be. Love unconditionally. Serve your neighbors to the place of inconvenience and know that God loves you in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. He will take care of you. He has never made a mistake and you are not one of them. He doesn't look at you with a feeling of anger or frustration. He looks at you and he's proud of his creation. We are all sinners. We all need the redemption that Jesus provides. Every day the Bible says take up our cross and follow him. And I pray that today you feel redeemed. I pray that you feel loved. All you have to do is say, Lord, I, I, I want you to come to my life. Forgive me my sins. That's all you have to do right now. Say, I, I choose to live for you. I believe you died and that you rose again. And today I surrender. Jesus loves you. He sees you. Don't get caught up in all the things you've done wrong and trying to make them right. That's not why he came. He came to love you. And when you surrender your life to him, a process begins that'll change you forever. And that's what the gospel is about. He does get us. He understands us. This isn't a soapbox for a particular organization. This is a soapbox for Jesus saying he gets you. And if he were here right now in the flesh, he would have no problem putting that towel around his waist again, kneeling down at your feet and washing them to show you that he will take care of you 
that he adores you and he knows every crack and crevice between those toes because he made them. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every listener. I pray today they would see that you are the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, that Father, you are in love with them and their families and their life. That God, we may not be proud of all that we do, but you're proud of us because you made us and you didn't make a mistake, God. I just pray that they would sense right now that you see them. We love you and we're so grateful. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Hey, remember, the Bible says the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance. The kindness of God, the love, the care. And today, I hope you feel and know that God loves you. Listen, every Sunday, 930, we'll see you this weekend. Palms Church.